This is Audible. Welcome to number four, season two, The Ricky Gervais Show, with me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant. Hello. And Carl Pilkington. Right. Now, there's a lot of talk, Carl, that I bully you, okay? You know, it's for your own good. I'm trying to train you, aren't I? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because, and no disrespect, okay, you are a, what I would call a stupid idiot. Well, can I just ask, because I've, there's been an awful lot of emails that have said, will you and Steve please uh, stop calling Carl stupid. Now, right. they say, oh, he doesn't, just, just doesn't justify calling him stupid. Now, I don't know what part of injecting a 76-year-old woman in the head so that she lives her life backwards well, couldn't be considered stupid. Okay, then listen. Right, I'm gonna, I've found some things that I think will interest you, and I want your first thoughts on these, okay? Now, these are facts that I've sourced, mm. okay? What's the, what's the actual topic? Well, you love animals, don't you? You're interested in animal some facts. Of them. I don't, I don't love them. They, they, some of them fascinate me and stuff, but a lot of them also get on my nerves. I don't know how an animal can get on your nerves. They just, they just do. Sometimes you sort of just think, what are they doing here? What, what are they offering anyone? Right. See, I'm worried that these facts annoy you now, but they're meant to fascinate you and, okay. No, I, I think anything's good as long as it gets you thinking. It doesn't matter what opinion you have of something. Yeah. But as long as it gets a, a reaction. Okay, then, here you right. go. Um, there's a frog, Carl. Just a little frog, a poison arrow frog, that contains enough poison to kill over a thousand human beings. Why is it that annoyed? It's not annoyed. Well, why is it going about killing a thousand people? No, it has the potential to. It has enough poison, it has enough toxin in it that could kill a thousand human beings. But does if it does it need that? Whereabouts is this? Where's it living? In the rainforest, I think. And does it need that sort of power? Is it in that much? Is it, is, is it getting threatened a lot? Is what I mean. Well, no, because it's saying, "Don't come near me," and it shows it with its colours. It's got the colours that say it doesn't want to be eaten. It doesn't want people to chew a bit, right? And go, "Oh, I'm an idiot." It's saying, "Look at my colours. Don't eat me. Don't you don't want to come near me?" But then why give it bright colours? Because now it's standing out. Yeah, and it's going, don't eat me. Yeah, but make it a colour that fits in, like camouflage. Why Why make it orange? Of course it's going to stand out, and then they'll attack it, and then it'll turn around and bite them and kill a thousand men or whatever. No, it doesn't bite, it's the fact that if you were to eat it, you would die. Yeah, but who's, I mean, who's going to eat it? Well, things that eat frogs. The French. <laughs> <laughs> and they yeah. go, sacre bleu, <laughs> you have killed me and 999 <laughs> of my friends. But why, why is everything, like, surviving like this, though? I thought it was all about survival of the fittest, not yeah. the one who looks the hardest. Well, but survival of the fittest is whether you're chosen or not by nature. No, but I I'd survive if I could go about killing a thousand men at one bite. It's not fair. It doesn't bite. It's well, whatever, if it licks you or whatever. But no, it, it, not if it licks you, if you lick it. Well, I'm not going to lick it. It's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't, I will not be licking a frog. So it's, it's of no danger to me. So I could still kill it, and there's no chance, at no point am I going to lick a, a little frog's head. Not when it's alive or when it's dead. 
I love the fact it's all about you. It's all about how it relates to you. And he's annoyed that they're, like, they're getting away with something. He doesn't, he doesn't like any sly animals. He doesn't like animals hiding. He doesn't, he, then he wants them to hide. He doesn't want animals, um, killing things. Then he wants them to kill things. He doesn't know what he wants. When they say survival of the fittest, they don't mean that, say, lions have been working out in a gym. It means, fittest, it means the fittest gene pool, and the fittest gene pool is a gene pool that's still around. That's all it is. Yeah, if it's here, it worked. I'll try and explain to you. The other day, a slug is as evolved as us. It's not, though, is it? It is. It's you not. think evolution is aiming towards Miles being away human? Miles where we are. What? It's nowhere near what we're like. But, but you're looking at it in terms of, like, th this evolution has a will. It doesn't have a will, it's chosen or it's not chosen by nature. A slug uh, got it right. A slug has it got hasn't. it as right as- what do you mean it hasn't? Well, what was it like before it got it right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think you think, Carl, that, that evolution is moving towards some kind of super being. Perhaps we're like the most advanced so far, but that one day we'll also have wings- I agree with and that. And Superman no, type powers. No, but something could happen in nature. There could be something like- there could be less light, there could be more light, there could be meteor storms. There, there could be a- th there could be something that happened in nature, right? An external force, which means it- it-, it the paradigm goes back to naught. So then something that very unlikely would be the last thing to survive. There could, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen. I still don't think you've got the concept. It's one of the simplest concepts, it's one of the simplest models. This is why Darwin's a genius. But you think that everything, slugs, cats, are all somehow, their, their ambition is to be like us. To be human, or to, to have the attributes like us that they can speak, they can talk, they can think, only, they can act. Only because- They don't. Yeah, but only, I only think that because when you see people with these pets, lizards, cats, whatever, they treat them like the humans. So I think if you do that enough times, they're gonna start getting familiar with Again, certain- Planet of the Apes. No, yeah. I'm talking- of the Planet say of the like Apes. You, say like you with your cat, the way you talk to it, you give it a little cheeky massage and that when it's stressed out. No, 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 you made that up that it was stressed cat. out. I'm just playing with my cat, right? If anything, the, the, the cat is to de-stress me. So you're talking to your cat, Rick. Is it answering back much? How are the conversations going with your cat? Well, it's, I have more intelligent conversations <laughs> with my cat than I do with yeah, him. Yeah, here's one, right? Me, we, when my gran died, right, um, she, she had this rubbish dog, right, and that's all we got left. Uh, it's like this little poodle. <laughs> that was, it was rubbish, right? Right. Um, it's called Fluffy. And, like, my gran looked after it in a way that it was treated like a human. Do you know what I mean? Had a little coat on when it went out and all that. Um, anyway, so she died, we get left it, my dad's like, oh, bloody hell, right? Uh, before you know it, it only took about a month, it was a wreck. Because we, we weren't sort of bathing it the way she bathed it, we let it out, if he wanted to go out. He got covered in oil, it used to go under the car and everything, so it's, it went from looking like this fluffy, you know, poodle, to just being a bit of a wreck. He got hit by a kite, ran sideways, like a crab, and all that. <laughs> In the now, course of how long? A month? Probably about two, two months or something. Yeah. Now, so it went from being over-treated to just being treated like a dog. Yeah. But a dog, dog isn't, uh, you know, is not a, a indigenous species anywhere. We sort of bred those from, you yeah, know, jackals it, or, all and I'm wolves. Yeah, but change it, all I'm saying is, change it, take away the dog thing, give someone a frog, and they'll still overdo it. They'll be trying to treat it like, if you had a frog, 
I mean, that lizard thing you've got. Salamander. It's, it's still sort of treated as part of the family, even though well, it does not. Well, it's not. How is it treated as part of the family? Just the way, you know, it's looked after that big area that it's got to itself. We, we stick it in a case and feed it a cricket now uh, and again. It, How is that like one of the family? It doesn't matter because it's in your flat. It is in Carl's family. It's, <laughs> it's, it's in your flat, innit? And it's sat in that corner. I just mean, as time goes on, yeah. things, things get educated as they get older. How old's that lizard? You don't. How old is it? About 15 years old. Right. Now it knows more now than it did when you got it because it's been in those surroundings. It's had its eye on things. Well, no, it's what do you think it knows? What do you mean it knows more now? They act on instinct. What, 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 what does it learn? It knows when it hears the noise of a plastic case being unwrapped that yeah. a cricket's gonna fall down any second. Yeah, That's well, all it, it knows. Yeah, but it didn't know that in the jungle. So it's already one up. What else has it learned? Well, uh, I, I mean, it's know. 15, so presumably it listens to a lot of Linkin Park, <laughs> goes on the internet a lot. <laughs> no, but do, do, do you know what I mean? You've already proved your point. It's like that fella who kept hitting the dog on the head with a stick. Right. I've Pavlov, at no point did he hit a dog on the head with a stick. But he kept doing it, and eventually the dog went, I'm sick of this. And wandered <laughs> off, didn't it? <laughs> Pavlov yeah. there. Brilliant. Why didn't you write up his experiments? Because he, he did it a little bit different to that. I, lo I love that. Do you know what I'd like to do? A programme where you rewrite, you paraphrase someone's theory. So Pavlov's first. We could do, uh, um, Freud. Give us, you know, what do you know about Sigmund Freud? The father of psychoanalysis. Right, come on in. I don't know anything on him. Well, look him up. Educating Carl. That's your next week, right? Let's do another podcast next week. Then they'll get an extra one free, the people who paid for it, right? Uh, we're going to hear about Sigmund Freud, okay? Mm. Here's an interesting fact. If the, the frog annoyed you, this might annoy you. A blind chameleon will still change colour to match its surroundings. You're aware that the chameleon can. Yeah, whatever it, whatever it sits on. Yeah. But then what, what happens when you put one of them on a mirror? <laughs> no, d does it get stressed out or what? What's, what's it copying? <laughs> well, it probably doesn't need to copy anything because it looks at itself and it goes, oh, look, looks like that. It's brilliant. God, that was fast. That's the fastest I've ever done that. That is brilliant. So they, they can go any colour. There's nothing. You can put them on anything and they'll go to the thing. I, w I, I don't want you to have a chameleon because you'd just be trying to see what it could and couldn't do. Try and do. catch it out. I know, yeah. Pop it on some tartan. Yeah. But again, <laughs> say like, say like the frog thing, right? Pop it on the telly. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't do it fast enough. <laughs> Why does the chameleon need that skill of copying a colour? Because at the end of the day, that lizard, chameleon, whatever, that's, that's mainly sticking in, in the woods, isn't it? By trees, by grass. Right. Why can't it just stay green? That's all it needs. That, that, those colour changes are only for camouflage, aren't they? I don't know. Some of them are for attraction, some of them to show moods, anger. No, I but th I just think we're encouraging them. You see, maybe this is evolution or whatever, but at the end of the day, because they can change colour, they're wandering out of their area. They can be wandering about, you know, through a car park and everything, just because they'll go, well, I don't want to get seen, change the colour of co concrete. Yeah. Whereas, or into the colour of a Fiat Punto. But they should just stay green. Stay green, right? Stay in the woods and stay safe. <laughs> I love this public information <laughs> for chameleons. Words of advice for chameleons. <laughs> oh god. Stay green. Stay in the woods. <laughs> stay safe. Good night. Oh god. Why are there blind chameleons around? I'm assuming that the blindness has no impact on the the colour change. Presumably, is an automatic. It must process. be. But then that's not going to wander about much anyway, is it? If it's blind, it'll probably stay where it is. 
So it doesn't need to keep changing. If you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean, no. I never do, though. Um, right. <laughs> uh, the only time a turkey whistles is when it panics. <laughs> Christmas time, then. Yeah. What do you think of that, Carl? It goes from one extreme to another, doesn't it? You've got a frog who's going mental. It's not going mental. Killing thousands of people. No, that's not- That's got that sort of power, then you've got a turkey who's whistling for help. <laughs> <laughs> you think that you should redress the balance a little bit? You want to give- what would you do? Give the frog the ability to kill 500 and the turkey 500? Um, I don't think you should be killing- uh, I reckon 10. 10, because- You've made your point with 10, haven't you? Do you well, think that he's got a thousand in his lifetime, like he's got a thousand to kill? I don't think you understand. I just think- He doesn't really kill a thousand people. That- that- that stat is about that if you were to boil up a frog, decant of the poison, there would be enough poison to split between a thousand people and kill them. It doesn't mean someone goes, Frog, you have the power to kill one thousand people in your lifetime. Choose them wisely. <laughs> but I just think if it needs that sort of power- Power. It should be fighting evil. Well, it's not- <laughs> <laughs> It's- it's knocking about the wrong area, isn't it? If it's under that much danger, move. <laughs> As ever, thanks very much indeed for all of your emails. Podcast at rickygervais.com. Uh, it's lovely to hear your feedback. Many of them obviously responding to the inanity that Carl has spouted over the various shows. And a lot of people just want your opinion on things. They just throw things at you. They just want to know what you make of them. Right. For instance, um, are you familiar with uh, multiple dimensions? The idea of multiple dimensions. Go on. Well, you know, there are theories which state that we are just in one of an infinite number of dimensions. And in all of those other dimensions, every possible variation that you could imagine exists. So there is a Carl in one of those other dimensions that's both man and woman. There is a Carl that's got hair. There is a Carl that's got a penis growing out of his face. <laughs> there is a Carl, there is every conceivable Carl. And this is a scientific theory, not science fiction. It's a scientific theory. Uh, uh, is it a planet? No, it's a multiple dimension. It's another dimension that exists in parallel with the dimension we are living in now. So we're living in our dimension, and right next to us, intangible, unable to communicate with it or touch it or interact with it. So there I'm are still multiple doing dimensions. what I'm doing now, but I'd be sat here with a knob on me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly in one the same them, life. Exactly the same life but with the knob on the head. Now, because there's an infinite number of dimensions, there's another one where you're not doing this. You're, you're sat there with a the knob on your head, but you're talking French. Why is this happening? <laughs> there is one, Carl, and I, this is a fact, that you're talking French with a knob in your mouth. <laughs> exactly. And no one can make his head to tell of what you're saying. No, because it's, it's, it's pigeon French anyway. <laughs> exactly. But who came up with this? Well, it's because there are phenomenons that happen at the subatomic level that people are explaining as being that, for instance, atoms or very, very small molecules are disappearing and reappearing. And people are saying- <laughs> the fact that we're trying to dissect this theory, you said very, very small molecules. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. <laughs> atoms, neutrons. And is there anything that we look at on this planet that we go, that's weird? But it would fit in normal in another dimension. It's just so I happens. I think you. I think no, but say, say like the Elephant Man. Yeah. Was he all right? But he was just in the wrong dimension. <laughs> I love it. 
that well, it's an interesting thought. I mean, of course, there is one dimension that where where you are the ruler of the world, and yeah. everyone thinks you are a genius. Yeah, I hate that though. <laughs> I don't. I just don't understand why we're worrying about this, though. No, nor do I. Well, we're not worrying about it. Well, they are because scientists and that sat in a room somewhere, going, "What's going on? What's what's happening in the other dimension?" Uh, but we can't get to it, can we? So well, that's why no, I don't it's worry about it. I, I agree with Carl. It's, it's, it's largely pointless. It's academic. It's it, 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 it's like it's like when you, you a person does um, philosophy and the first lecture he ever goes to, he comes out and uh, he goes in the student union. He goes up to uh, someone who's doing <laughs> English or science and goes, "Oh, right, mate, that table's not there." They go, "What?" Yeah. They go, "The table's not there." He goes, "What? How do you know?" They go, "What? What are you talking about? The table's not there." He goes, "Isn't it there? Can you feel that? Is <laughs> it there or not?" And his beret falls off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not a big um, chat up line as well when you've got a little bit of philosophy and you try to spout off. Because of course I told you before, haven't I? When I was doing a school play, and uh, there was a girl and I was trying to crack onto her, but I was going through my sort of you know fifth form phase of sort of reading Catherine the Ryan and all the rest of it, rebelling against the system, and uh, I thought, well, she's gonna she's gonna find me appealing if she realises how smart I am. Mm. So I... Can I just ask you one thing? Yeah. Is this before or after the phase when you thought a bow tie would sort you out? This was before the bow tie phase. <laughs> yeah. There was a phase, I should say, for new listeners where I, for about six months, wore a bow tie because I thought it made me look sort of like I was from a Jeeves and Worcester book. <laughs> and I thought that was very urbane and sophisticated. But, uh, yeah, we were doing the school play and, uh... There was one point where everyone was hanging out in one of the rooms, music rooms, getting changed, joking, laughing, cracking onto each other, right? I was sat in the room next door, empty room, on my own, right? Reading Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, the uh, sort of kind of, you know, populist philosophy book from the 70s. Just sat reading that in the hope that she would uh, walk in the room see me, think, my God, he's obviously wise, and presumably, you know, get off with me. Um, must have sat there for about an hour and a half <laughs> before anyone came in. And uh, <laughs> she came in eventually, and uh, I thought, ding dong, this is it. She came in and said, have you seen Martin Wells? <laughs> I said, I think he might be next door. She disappeared again. I gave her another 15 minutes on the hope that she'd come back. She didn't. I went in the next room. She was getting off with Martin Wells. Oh, no. Because he'd been dancing. With, <laughs> he'd been dancing around with no trousers on. <laughs> So, all I'll say is, <laughs> there's a, a less a valuable lesson learned. Um, oh, oh. I think this was the same girl. I was at a party once, and I was this girl, I was trying to impress her, and um, someone lit some joysticks. Uh, you know, just going to give it a kind of hippie vibe, right? And I didn't know what joysticks were. I thought they were some kind of drug, like <laughs> cannabis. So... So these joysticks are like, and I, and I started, I started going because I thought we were all supposed to be getting high on these joysticks. I started going, whoa, oh man, these joysticks are, they're really doing me in, man. And, and everyone said, what do you mean? I went, oh, they're good stuff. This is good shit. And, and they, and they said, what do you mean, joysticks? Do you not? It's not, they're not drugs, they're just, there's an incense. And I went, yeah, I know, I'm just saying they're, they, I'm just saying they smell great, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Meanwhile, Martin Wells on the table, <laughs> trousers down, yeah. everyone just throwing in money. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I don't know if it was, I mean, there was another party where I, um, 
I don't think it was the same girl, but there's, inev there's inevitably a girl there that I'm trying to, you know, impress. And I went up to, it was a house party in someone's house, so I didn't know anyone there really. I was only Steve, you've come without trousers. <laughs> well, it worked for bloody Martin Wells. <laughs> and I, um, I went up to the toilet, and I had to do, you know, number twos. Brilliant. And I did them. There was no toilet paper. <laughs> oh, God. At the party. And, and I was like, and I was scrabbling around in this bathroom thinking, what can I use? There was nothing. And I was thinking, oh God, what can I do? And, um, as I recall, in the end, I, I couldn't make anyone hear. I didn't want to sort of go out in this, into the hall and stuff. So I had to shout out the window into the garden where everyone was. No! Yeah. And someone had to come and bring me some. And, um, once again, it didn't, well, I wish I'd fucking had Zen in the iron because that makes <laughs> then I could have ripped some fucking pages out and wiped my arse. Chimpanzee, that he's gone and written it down again. <laughs> That's the uh, the ever-changing jingle for Carl's diary, excerpts of which we like to read each week. Suzanne said today can be my day because she has been a bit of a pain with her illness and that. <laughs> so she said I can do what I want today. We went for a walk around Green Park. Loads of tourists were about looking at the Queen's house. She was in because the flag was up. I wouldn't want to live there. Why wouldn't you want to live there? Just because it's right in the centre of town. It's just not in a good place, is it? It's got a roundabout outside and that. Really mm. busy. Yeah. It's pretty good. I went for a pee in the toilets. When I came out, a pigeon had shat on Suzanne's coat. She was in a bit of a mood about it. A bird shat on my ear once. I left it for about 10 to 15 minutes until I got home. I washed it off and in that 10 to 15 minutes it had corroded me ear. Yeah, but he's had a lot of problem with ears. Um, he told me the other day, he, uh, he got up. Um, washed, had a bath, had some breakfast, went to the shops to get a newspaper and had a chat with a woman in the corner shop, got home, pottering around, looked in the mirror, he'd had a cotton bud sticking out of his ear. <laughs> he went, what annoyed me was she didn't say anything. Like it's her responsibility. Yeah. No, but she knows me well enough to sort of, you know, <laughs> go... You know you got a cotton bud in your ear. No, she knows you well enough to go. Carl's got a cotton bud in his ear. I've seen worse. Huh? When you're when you've got a cotton bud in your ear, what interrupted I th I think you? Suzanne called or my dad called or something, and then because I was running a little bit late because I'd been talking to them, the earbud was in. I just popped my coat on and went to the shop. Carl, you got a toothbrush in your mouth. Oh. Walk through Covent Garden. There were five of them mimes knocking about. I don't understand why people take pictures of mimes. Everyone looks like a mime in a picture. <laughs> That's so true! That's really true! If the point is they're staying still, if that's their skill, a picture won't tell that story. That's, that's absolutely true. <laughs> My dad took the cat to be put down today because it kept bumping into things since losing its sight. My mam said she's not going to get another one. She said the parrot is looking worried as it's seen the budgie and the cat go in the space of three months. <laughs> Your mum said the parrot's looking worried. What's the- what, what- what happened to the cat, then? It- it- it gets into a lot of fights. It lost one eye, and, uh, then it got into another fight and lost another. Oh, And no. it was just walking around, bumping into stuff. The- I mean, the vet sort of said, oh, we can do stuff to keep it alive and all that, but it's a bit out of order, isn't it? Because it costs a fortune, they shouldn't tell you. But- Mum and Dad can't afford to have eyes put on it and stuff. No, you can't put, have eyes put on a cat no, anyway. No, but they said, oh, we, we can do something here. We can have, have its eyes sorted out. But it w um, I don't think you should be allowed cats. 
Why? Not the Pilkington family. Why not? Well, they, they have good dying. lives. Yeah, I know, but they have good lives whilst they're still knocking about. It's just that we get through them. <laughs> 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 it's a good job you're not going to have kids. Oh, God almighty. I can't believe it. The cat that kept throwing up. So his mum shaved it. Unbelievable. Dry wipe cat. A mate sent me a story on email about a bloke in China who has this weird illness that means he can't have his picture taken. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the- that's not the weird bit. If he tries, his body doesn't appear in the photo. Don't talk shit! He has had group pictures taken and everyone appeared apart from him. Don't talk shit! The that's story bollocks. had a picture next to it of a family photo and it said he was stood at the back but you couldn't see him. Right. He wasn't in the picture. He was in the picture. No, he wasn't in the picture. He's done loads of tests and stuff. No, there's don't- I haven't done loads of tests. This is bollocks. There's no way. This is scientifically possible. What's what? his want- yeah, now he's wanted. Just a white bit of paper up on the police wall. Have you seen this man? What man? If you see him, tell us. <laughs> You're talking shit. Suzanne watched the film You've Got Mail tonight for about the 14th time. I don't think you could properly fancy someone without seeing them. Unless you're blind. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's odd when blind people have affairs. Why is that odd? Just because most stuff is, is based on looks, isn't it? So you think once they've found someone, they're happy with them. Stick with them. But no, it's not true. It, no, but I mean, most things are based on looks. What I mean is, when you first first like meet someone and that. Well, then initially it's only looks because yeah. you don't know them. So that's what I'm saying. But that's, so a, that, that's a ridiculous thing to say, isn't it? Well, no, it's just what I think. I'm not saying that that's like fact or anything. I'm just thinking if you're blind, why mess about? You're still basing on it if it's only looks that yeah. you, people find what. Yeah, I'm just saying. So why is a blind person messing about having an affair? Because I'm saying that. Presumably that blind person isn't basing anything on looks. I, I just, alright, I mean, maybe that's not, uh, I mean more like- Do you want me to cross it out? Shall I cross it out? Well, it's, 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 <laughs> it's just the same way, I think I put how, you know, people, uh, I read something in a Sunday paper once with some bloke who was going out with some woman, uh, he ended up going out with a sister who was a twin. If you're gonna have a change, have a change. <laughs> Spoke to Ricky about trips to the moon. Oh. He was up for going just to see what the world looks like. I came up with the idea of a giant mirror on the moon that would reflect the world back. He had a few questions, but <laughs> but I had the answers. Yeah. He changed the subject, I won. Right. My first question was, how would you get it up there? He said, bit by bit. That'd be a good mirror then, <laughs> wouldn't it? I said, how big would it be? He went, you'd still need a telescope. I said... How would you get it on the right side of the moon, always facing the right? He went, what? He went, does the moon move then? I went, yes. <laughs> and if we don't like the mirror on the moon, we can always wallpaper over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Suzanne's birthday tomorrow, so I've got to get her something. I sometimes think it would be best if we didn't celebrate birthdays. I think people would live a bit longer if they didn't know how old they were. Age puts restrictions on things. She said something about wanting one of them posh badges to put on her coat. I will look for one later. I love the fact that around the time that you've got to buy Suzanne her birthday present, you think that birthday presents are a bad idea. Got up early, it's Suzanne's birthday, gave her the card, a present. She was well happy with her posh badge. She wore it to work. It's quite nice, quite nice to hear a moment where she was actually happy for once, <laughs> in your company. 
They always say when you get someone a present, you should buy them something they wouldn't buy themselves. Daft rule. I want something I would buy myself if I had the money. When I was young, me auntie Nora got me a present I wouldn't buy myself. It was a t-shirt with her face on. <laughs> Looked at what's been going on in the world. Someone has found some people who live in an old town somewhere where they are so old-fashioned they still walk on all fours. There is a picture of them and they use shoes on their hands. That's not old-fashioned. Why is that old-fashioned? That's some kind of regressive evolution. Yeah. Really old-fashioned. Yeah. It's not true, is it? It is true. It's somewhere in, uh... Well, I believe there are- they have found a group of people that are living and walking around on all fours, yeah, but I but don't believe they're wearing shoes on their hands. And I don't believe it's- they haven't evolved <laughs> to standing <laughs> no. up. No, they just haven't seen other people walking on two feet. Don't talk shit all your life. That's all it's about, though, isn't it? You copy. When you're a baby, if you were stuck in a room, you'd wander about on all fours, cos that's- that's the way, that's an easy way of getting about. So you only walk on two feet because you see everyone else doing it. Well, I don't believe that is the case because, as I understand it, some of the family are walking on two feet. So I don't know what the ins and outs of it are. I know there's a forthcoming documentary on the BBC, so maybe we should watch that and then we'll all know what's going on. Right. Instead of just leaping to conclusions because you read half of it on the internet but and then I, skipped but, onto but something else. all I'm else. saying is, though, you would wear shoes on your hands if you're roaming about like that. <laughs> so I mean, you just confessed there that you, 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 you leapt from fact to fiction, did you, in the space of I'm, one I'm, diary entry? It's just that... I saw a little picture. And you assumed that they'd be wearing shoes on their feet? If they've got hands. shoes on their feet, they might as well have them on their hands, because their hands are doing the same as the feet. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not gonna wear them on your hands, don't put them on your feet then. I'm beginning to think some monkey news was bollocks. <laughs> uh, treated Suzanne to her tea, went and got her a curry from the shop opposite. While I waited for the food, I read a story in the Metro newspaper about an alien gang oh. that kept appearing in someone's garden. Christ. The bloke moved, but when he used to pass the house at night, he would still see the aliens knocking about, hiding underneath his old shed. There was other alien stuff, but I had to go as the food was ready. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a bit annoying, that. Yeah, load of bollocks again. Well, good. More, um, drivel from Carl's diary next week. Right. Rockbusters. Quick. Right then, so last week gave you some initials, again, of artist or a band. Quick! Cryptic clue and that. Yeah. Um... The first one I gave you, the initials were N.D. Yeah. Uh, that Jamaican fella, uh, he doesn't want anything, right? So you got to think about the accent there. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want anything, so yeah. so he's not he's, so, he's not sort of demanding anything. Okay. No, no sort of demand, nil demand. <laughs> <laughs> nil demand. So it's like Neil Diamond. They'd say, Neil Diamond, please. No, Can no. Have some Neil Diamond? No. Right. Nil, nil demand. But just now it was all to do with, I've got no demands. Now it's a Jamaican person going in and asking for Neil Diamond in a Jamaican voice. Yeah, I know, but it's a cryptic clue, isn't it? Doesn't work. <laughs> the second one was, uh, the initial was E. Uh, I asked him to pass me the ball by using the red. Uh, what do you do if you chuck someone a ball? They head it back. Edit back, yeah. They, so he they head say, it back. So you'd say, uh, edit, edit to us. Edit editors, that's that's editors. What is that's, it? Is it? A, it's a band that. I'd, no, no, no. There's a band called the, the Editors, but there's no band called Editus. Editus. What's that? Is it great? Is it a Greek band? Again, cryptic. Just you got no, to think cryptic. Again, bollocks. Then the last one, uh, TR. With it, it was the initials. Yeah. The cryptic clue. He's got the woolly ones, but I've got the ones that run and charge at you. Go what, on. What I forgot? Don't know. Well, sheep. Something to do with sheep. Right. Something to do with sheep. That they're, they're the woolly ones. Yeah. What are the ones that run and charge at you? 
Oh, are they woolly as well? No, no, well, not, not as woolly. The rams, right? Yeah, they? The, the ram ones, right? If you write that down. No, you not even write it down. It's a, that's, it's that's a, Ramones. The so, ram ones? The no, ram but it's how you say it, isn't it? It's not, because it's not... No, no, it sort of changes about a bit, just cryptic. Mark, so, but your understanding cryptic, of the word cryptic is yeah. it can be anything. What am I thinking? Cryptic? Cryptic clues in a crossword have a logic to them, that's why people are able so, to answer them. Well done to Neil Fennan, who's in, uh, in Canada. He well, I just don't know what that says about bollocks Neil. this. Right, do the next week's one. Right, then. Just get it over with, we've got to stop this. Monkey News is coming back. No, it's not coming back, there's, there's nothing going on, we're not doing it. Right, S-C are the initials of the artist of the band. Go on. S-C. Uh, the cryptic clue. Uh, don't stop, just stop saying cryptic, because it's not. The, the clue is, I went into the restaurant on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, and the fella making the food was there each time. Right? S-C are the initials. I went into the restaurant on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday if you want. Uh, the fella making the food, he, he was there each time. What's... So he changed it? Uh, uh, S-C. Was he there Saturday and Sunday or not? He can be if you want, I'm just saying he's there a lot. Oh, this is, this is, this is like pulling teeth. I'm trying to hurry it up. And the second one, <sighs> go into that woman's store and rip her off, right? Right. That's C. Okay. C. Go into that woman's store and, and rip her off. Okay. If you're gonna do that. Oh, don't mumble <laughs> at the end of it. Go on. Just do the clue. And the last one, the initial E. Last one ever. You have had, had a go at laying down a track. But it ain't perfect, right? So you're sort of making a making a track. No, like just do the clue. You're making a track. You right, don't give us the clue. Down, don't just talk perfect. around it. Right, the initial is E. E. What's the clue? You have had a go at laying down the track, but it ain't perfect. Fine. A music track. Yeah. Well, no, but no, 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 no. You can't. <laughs> no, there's, they, these people can't ask questions. Well, I can. Oh God. So send them in podcast at rickygervais.com. Right, that's the end of. Uh, Another Ricky Gervais show. Oh, thank God for that. Another one next week. We've got to give value for money. Because oh. this is shit. So we've got to... What we do is, because this is such dreadful bollocks, we're giving more of it. Yes. That's each of them. <laughs> yeah. So it's cheerio from me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant... Bye. ...and Carl Pilkington. Audible hopes you've enjoyed this programme.